Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including gathering times and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. How are you doing today? Hope you're doing well. My name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here at Sam Alliance. For those of you joining us on live stream, I'm glad that you are with us in your virtual community today. Listen, we are in our series. This is week three, Life with Jesus Together and on Mission. We are using this time to just kind of refocus what it means to be as a church. Many new people have joined Sam Alliance in the last five months. We're just wanting to just make clear what it is that we stand for, what our vision, our mission, and our values are. I want to just go over those one more time with you. We exist. We want to see Salem become a city at peace with God. That is what we just run everything through. That is our goal. And we do that by living out our mission. This is our mission statement here. We'll put it on the screen. Would you actually read it with me? We exist to exalt Jesus Christ, become his fully devoted followers, and share his grace and truth with all people. And we're living this out through our values. Life with Jesus life together, and life on mission. Those have been the topics that we've been looking at. We talked about life with Jesus and the importance of us just beholding this risen King of Kings. This one, we, we don't want to miss his grandeur, the magnificence of who he is, and at the same time, we're just humbled at the fact that he knows our name. Last week, we talked about doing life together and the importance of getting in a group, because that's where true growth happens, as we are spurs to one another, challenging one another, and just becoming more like Jesus. Jesus as we walk life together. And this week, we're going to be talking about what it means to be on mission together as a community. We define life on mission as this. It's the demonstrating and declaring of the gospel in our spheres of influence, our neighborhoods, and the nations. It is the demonstration and the declaring. Notice, it has to have a balance of those two things, demonstration and declaration of the good news of who Jesus is to those that are around us. I want to pause here for a moment because I think a lot of times, at least for me, I would be guilty of this growing up and even in my 20s. I think when I heard a sermon on mission, I immediately thought, okay, this is going to be about me being kind of guilted in to making sure that I can share my faith with clarity to people that maybe I'm uncomfortable around, right? And so it was just this concept of like, okay, uh, just add this prepackaged deal and, and then it seems somewhat transactional. I just want to make sure that you understand what I'm talking about, what we as a church are talking about when we talk about being on mission. It's a multifaceted thing. Yes, we all have a story to tell, and Scripture tells us we should be prepared to tell that story of what God did in our lives. But I just want to be clear, it's bigger than just that. It is the demonstration and the declaration of who Jesus is. It's how we live out our lives. That's what we're going to talk about today. It should never be awkward. And it most definitely should never be coercive. A fellow Alliance pastor in New York City, Rich Velotis, he uses these different adjectives to describe what being on mission should look like. And he throws up these positive adjectives. It should be patience, empathy, curiosity, discernment, invitational, justice, and service-oriented. But he takes it a step further, and he also says this is what it should not look like. It should not look like these things. What it is not, impatient, transactional, coercive obtrusive, judgmental, disembodied, and anxious. 
And here's the thing. I I remember I was in high school and our youth group went to this event. And this event was there to equip us on how to share our faith with people, which is just an important thing. It was a great thing. I went simply because it was at the Jersey Shore. I grew up in New Jersey. Any chance to get to the Jersey Shore for a week with friends, I'm in. So I signed up for this event and I went there. But it was interesting because in the morning they would bring in this person that would just kind of tell us, this is how you share your faith. This is the method that you will use. And make sure that you can tell your kind of personal story in like a minute and 30 seconds. And then A, B, C, he just walked through it, right? And that was fine. It's good to learn those just kind of simple ways to share, share who our story, who God is to us and need to maintain an authenticity in it. But here's the thing that was weird for me. Then they were like, now go to the beach and do it. And it wasn't like an optional thing. It was like this pressure to then go to the beach and like go to people that are just trying to like enjoy vacation and get some sun and be like, hey, do you know Jesus? And just, just, it felt so awkward for me. It felt transactional. It felt at times a bit coercive in church family. That is not the way it should be. It should not be that way. I hope what you hear today is that being on mission is literally just living your life and taking Jesus with you wherever you go. It's a natural outpouring of who he is, what he's done in our lives, and it's just natural. It should flow from us. It should be invitational. And this is the commission that I want to talk to us about today. To do that, I want to base it in a scripture found in John chapter 20. John chapter 20. You can turn there if you'd like. Pew Bibles are in front of you. You can turn on the app. Uh, But I'm going to put it on the screen as well. We'll be reading from the New Living Translation version. John 20 verses 19 to 22. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Three powerful verses. I love these verses for multiple reasons. One, just the concept of Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit on them. Two, because it's just weird. How did he get in that room? This is post-resurrection Jesus. Almost just appears in the middle of this room. That's kind of bizarre. But one of the other things I love about this passage are just the words, peace be with you. They're powerful words when we take them serious, when we utter them with the authority that we've been given. Living in the Middle East, this is just a common practice. Anytime you enter a room, you say, Salam Aleikum. Peace be upon you. And then the return greeting is alaikum salam. And people say it back to you and peace be upon you. Whether you're paying a bill at the electric company, whenever you enter a room, this is just what you say. And it becomes so routine that it can lose its meaning. But there's such a power in the fact that we as God's people get to declare peace wherever we walk Through this scriptures here in John, I want to talk to you about just four different things that I observe about what it means for us as a church to be on mission, to bring that peace wherever it is we go. The first thing I see here is that life on mission is an extension of God's presence. Life on mission is an extension of God's presence. Here's the deal. I know that some of you think that in that eighth grade classroom, God does not exist, right? There's no way he is present in that classroom with the what's happening in there. Some of you look at different areas in your sphere of influence, and you're like, you just start with this idea that God's absent from that place, but the truth is he's omnipresent. He is everywhere, and that means when we enter those rooms, we simply magnify the presence of who he is. But we need to start by understanding he's already there. 
But one of the things that, that I love and that's important for us to understand is we actually do more than just magnify his presence there. We actually embody Jesus. We have the spirit of Jesus on us and we embody him. Physically, we bring his presence wherever it is that we step. I want you to understand. See, in the Old Testament, Jesus and his man, or God and his manifest presence was existed. It existed in the tabernacle and then existed in the temple. Right? That's where people would travel to Jerusalem to be in close proximity to the manifest presence of God. Then all of a sudden, everything changes because God decides to send himself in the form of his son, Jesus, to earth. All of a sudden, heaven invades earth through the person of Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is now present. God's presence is now. Wherever Jesus walks, God's presence is now manifest. It is there. And we see Jesus. He travels throughout that region. And here's the thing. I think a lot of times this verse can be confusing for us, but John, in John 14, 12, Jesus tells his disciples, this is what he says. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. What in the world? They must have been so confused. But we, we need to understand this. This is a pivotal passage for us because what happens is when Jesus, he conquers death, death, resurrection, ascension. We practice, we celebrate the ascension here. It's a big deal. He ascends into heaven. And before he does it, he says, it's good that I am going. Partly because of this verse. One of the things we know is he's going to, the father's going to send a spirit. And so we're going to have the spirit upon us so that we can do incredible things, greater things than Jesus even did. Yet the other thing that we see that is happening is when Jesus was in bodily form on earth, he was limited in some ways by wherever he went. We see throughout the scriptures that Jesus traveled in modern day Lebanon, Syria, Jordan. He was in Egypt as a young child and spent most of his time in what is now modern day Israel. And so we know that he was limited to what is what we call now the Middle East. Yet when he ascends, what happens? He says to us, now you carry, now you embody the presence of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, wherever you go. Guess what? Just in this church with the thousands of people that gather on a Sunday, just think about that alone. As we disperse, as we go through all throughout the Willamette Valley, we are bringing the presence of Christ. That's partly what is happening here in John. We will do great things. The people of God are inhabiting cities all over the world, bringing the presence and the power of Jesus wherever they step. Jesus is the head of the church, sitting on the right-hand throne in heaven. But we are the body. We are the mobile temples. We take his presence where we go. We truly believe this. We believe that we have the power and the authority. This is why I love the fact that we have a map out there. We get to literally just walk around. And it's representative of the fact that wherever we're stepping, we bring the power of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the peace of Jesus where we go. This is a concept that I hope you understand. I wish I had understood this concept when I was younger. I really do because it just gives me such purpose to my life. It's so natural. But wherever I go, I bring the goodness of God. I bring the spirit of Jesus into these places. He doesn't need us to make it happen. He's omnipresent. But he chooses to partner with us to be his physical presence to the ends of the earth, to co-create, to restore, to rule and reign with him. It's his generosity and it's the invitation that he gives to us. I hope that makes sense to you.
I hope that inspires you to live in an incredible way. And if it does, I think the second thing that I see here in this text is that life on mission starts with us encountering him. Life with mission, on mission starts with us encountering him. We see that here in, in our passage. Again, it starts with the beholding. We've been talking about that. It always starts with us encountering him, the beholding. Then we believe. Then we behave. And here in John 20, the disciples are in this upper room. And who comes in? Jesus himself. The resurrected Jesus. And they encounter him. They have an experience with him. And they are filled with joy, it says. They're filled with joy. And then they are sent. And then they are sent. We cannot be guilted into mission. Us being on mission does not allow us to somehow earn presence to be in the presence of God the Father. No. We experience who he is, and then we just, that changes us, and we can't help but go and share that with those that are around us. Our mission flows from experiencing the fullness of Christ. This is an important reminder for us here at Sam Alliance Church, simply because we are a church that is full of activity. Every couple of months, uh, a group will come to Sam Alliance, oftentimes a group from another church somewhere in the country, and they would like to get a tour of our campus and see what it is that we do. And I love to give these tours. We take them over to Broadway Commons, and we show them Sparrow Furniture, our social business, and they see the free medical clinic in Salem for Refugees, and they see the Furniture Bank truck and Feed Salem, and they hear about the sunset prayer and the sunrise prayer where we're praying in the upper room over our city, and they see all of these different things, and they're so, they're just like blown away by it, and at the same time, they're also overwhelmed, and I love getting to just show people the activity that happens around here. It reminds me that I'm so privileged to just lead a, a group of people that do so much good for our city, and yet at the same time, just the weight of it kind of gets me. Because church, if we get this wrong and we're just a church of activity, it's not going to work. It has to start with us encountering him. If it doesn't, it's just going to lead to burnout, and people are going to think, oh, that church has a Messiah complex. But when it starts with us beholding the King of Kings, being transformed by that, and then using all of this activity as just tangible ways that we share the hands and feet of Jesus with our city, it will be powerful. It will transform things, and our vision of a city at peace with God will be realized. But we cannot forget that it starts with encountering him, seeing his face like Moses did, and then shining bright to those around us. I love the way the author Rob Winger puts it. He says that it is then not something we do, it's who we are. It's who we are as the people of God. You've been called by Jesus right where you live, work, study, shop, and play. Jesus wants to mobilize his people in every sector of society for ministry all day, everywhere. Why? So his mission is expressed in each sector. You and I, as the church of Jesus, are called to be the light of the world. Church family, it's important that we get this. Being on mission means that we extend the presence of who God is. Being on mission starts by us encountering him. A third thing I see here is that authentic community is mission. This is what we talked about last week, the importance of doing life together. Can you just think of the power of the fact that in first century Palestine, when Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector are coming together in the same room, people are like, they're enemies, what's going on? And they say, peace be upon you, peace be upon you, because the banner of Jesus is over them. And then they declare peace on everyone else. It's a powerful testimony. We, as we walk in unity and love one another well, that is one of our strongest witnesses to our city. 
We talked about this last week. If you missed that sermon, Life Together, I encourage you, go back and check it out. What happens to me so often is I'll, I'll be preparing a sermon, and then I finish the sermon, I deliver it, and then the next week I find the perfect quote that summarizes my whole sermon. And I'm like, where were you last week, right? Here's that quote. Again, I always find this. By Will Williman, the most eloquent testimony to the reality of the resurrection is not an empty tomb or a well-orchestrated pageant on Easter Sunday, but rather a group of people whose life together is so radically different, so completely changed from the way the world builds community that there can be no explanation other than that something decisive has happened in history. That decisive event is the death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord. It changes everything. And as we live together in community, loving one another, loving our community, walking in unity, it is an incredible, incredible witness. The fourth thing I see here in John 20 is this. It's a spirit-empowered mission. It's a spirit-empowered mission. Our text, I love it. Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. But he does not release them until he breathes the Holy Spirit upon them. We cannot miss this step. Our mission must be spirit-empowered. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is found in Luke 4. Jesus returns to his hometown in Nazareth. And everything lines up. He returns to his hometown, and the leader of the synagogue asks him if he would read the scripture for the day. And they hand him the scroll. And of course, it's Isaiah 61. Of course it is. Everything is lining up. And Jesus takes the scroll, and he reads Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor is now. Church family, this is what it means to be on mission. The time of the Lord's favor is now. Jesus rolls up the scroll and he hands it back to the attendant. All the eyes are on him and he says, this, which you have heard today, is fulfilled in me. It's fulfilled in me. It's an absolute mic drop moment of scripture. It's beginning. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is happening. What you just heard has been fulfilled in me. The time of the Lord's favor, the peace, the shalom of God is now here. Things are going to be made right because Jesus is on the scene. But here's the thing. He leaves the scene shortly after them, after that, and he basically looks at his people and says, now this will be fulfilled in you. Now this will be fulfilled in you, and you, and you, and you, my mobile temples. You will be the ones that make this happen. He tells his followers, I hand you the keys of the kingdom. You will do greater things than me. The power that rose Christ from the dead now lives in you. Go and make it happen. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. He empowers us. 
Our being on mission has to be Holy Spirit empowered. And it's with that power that we speak presence and comfort. It's with that power that we speak peace and bring healing to families. It's with that spirit empowerment that we pray for dreams for our coworkers and pray physical healing for our neighbors when they are sick. It's with that spirit empowerment that we share with our friends what Christ has done in our lives and invite them to experience the same. Church family, we believe that we are the mobile temples, that we are the church, and with that, we are commissioned to bring the peace and the presence and the power of Jesus everywhere we step. This is because the church isn't a building. The church is a people. And we want you to get this. We get to take the light of Jesus everywhere we go. And so even today as you leave and for the next couple of weeks, when you exit on these side things, you will see up above the exit doors these words. You aren't leaving the church because you are the church. You aren't leaving the church because you are the church. We are on a mission embodying Jesus to our city as we are dispersed as we leave this place throughout this valley. You have a role in this unfolding story. You are invited, and it is an all-hands-on-deck invitation. So how will you engage? How will you demonstrate and declare who he is in your communities of peace? Before I toss out two tangible next steps, I want to just stop and just, I want to share this. I, I, want, I recognize that you are probably already doing this. And I want to encourage you to keep doing it. Thank you. Thank you, church. We've been doing this for years. When you practice the art of hospitality and you invite your neighbors over and ask them how they're doing, you are on mission. When that older neighbor down the street gets sick again with COVID and you bring them groceries, you are on mission. When you take out that list of prodigals that you pray for every week, you are on mission. When you share what Jesus has done in your life and invite your friend to experience the same, you are on mission. When you volunteer at Feed Salem, UGM, or Samanka House, you are on mission. When you pray physical healing for that, that classmate whose father just received a very difficult diagnosis, you are on mission. Church, we're already doing this. We are a people on mission. Thank you. Thank you. It's happening. It's contagious. Our city is being transformed and changed and has been for years because of this significant body of believers, the church. But some of you do have more capacity. Some of you have a stirring even now. And so let me give you two tangible things to do if that's you. First is this, join us in blessing every school. As Ash came up here and shared, this is an initiative that we want to launch. We've been getting a lot of phone calls and talking to different people in the school district. They are desperate for subs. They are desperate for bus drivers, for people to just come in and monitor the cafeteria, to, to be readers at school, to help with after school programs. And so we are just, we feel that we are a large body of people and we we just want to mobilize people that just bless our schools to get in there to help when there's a shortage of personnel. And so if you're interested in that, there are tangible ways. Talk to Ashley after the service. You can go online. It'll give you the next steps of how to sign up and directly engage with our schools. We love the school district that we get to be with here at Salem. And so would you consider being part of that? Second and final thing, would you lend uh, or would you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal who in your sphere of influence is on a journey? God is pursuing people that are in your network, I guarantee you. And he wants to reveal some of those people to you. If you would just take time this week and ask him, who is it that you're pursuing? 
And how would you like me to be a part of that pursuit? For some of you, he's already given you a name. And for some of you, it's a surprising name. But I just encourage you to ask him, who is it that you are pursuing? And how can I engage with that person? Church family, we are mobile temples. We are called to make a difference in our city. Everywhere we go, we bring the peace, presence, and power of Jesus. We come together. We experience him in a powerful and intimate way. And then we extend his presence everywhere we go. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you. I declare that you are a good father and that you want those that you have created to know you. So you're at work. You are at work everywhere. And so we celebrate that today. We thank you for the peace that you manifest through us. We thank you for the power of who you are. Lord, we don't know why you choose to partner with us, but you do. And so we take that seriously. We're honored and humbled by it. So Lord, we pray that you would give us courage to walk on mission. Lord, as we continue to worship and sing of your goodness, would you continue to just show us your face? May we encounter you in such a way, even as we conclude today, that we can't help but go out and share what you've done in our lives. We thank you for the blessing that you are in our lives, and we honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.